Welcome to the How Scary Is It podcast, a podcast in which we review movies, we watch them, and then we determine how scary is it? Right, we do. Right, we do. My name is Anthony. And I'm Bree. And oh man, we have a movie today, don't we? We have a movie. It is is indeed a movie that I watched. I, I think that's how I would really classify this. It was a movie I watched, you know, um, it had potential. It had a lot of potential, but we'll get into it as we progress through this podcast. Um, I'm I'm still not really used to like kind of the introduction without this the normal. You're skip eating. Yeah, yeah. I got to figure out like a solid. I think that'll just evolve through time. You know, as we keep doing it, similarly to how the skip eating evolved. Um, great. How you doing, Bree? I'm doing good. Um, yeah, fantastic Sunday afternoon that we're recording this podcast on. Uh, how's your day going? Good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I went to the gym, got my fitness on. I felt like poo. Oh my gosh. It took like a lot out of me. And then I went to the dog pet store, bought my dog some stuff, bought my cat some stuff. (sighs) It's just been a lazy Sunday. It's been a lazy lot, weekend. I got in a general, lot of stuff honestly. to do. I like I have a lot of stuff to do, but I like to live my life on the edge and wait till the last minute to do everything. Yeah. So we are gosh, this is twelve forty on a Sunday afternoon. We watched the movie yesterday. I'm gonna try my darndest to remember <laughs> beat by beat what this movie was, because Boy, oh boy, did it move slow. Oh my, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. It's been kind of a quiet weekend over here. How was your week in general? It was good. Like, I mean, my weeks are like really super busy. So I like lazy weekends. But like next weekend is my sister's birthday. So I have to go do that. I'm probably going to have to bring the dog. It's just going to be. I thought, wait, so is your sister's birthday... At like a house? No, it's at a bar. And you're gonna have to bring the dog. Well, then put him by my parents while oh I go, or ask your mother to watch him. Yeah, I don't know because I'm a little busy next weekend. I know. Um, I I might ask your mom. Yeah, we could do that. She might. She might be okay with it. She's usually pretty fine. Now it wouldn't be for long. It's just no. Hours. my weekend so but it takes like an hour to get there and an hour to get back so i want like i don't want to put him in the crate because they don't want yeah so like the reason why we're recording so far in advance right now is like this is eh, 129 on this uh recording day we're recording so far in advance because like we're kind of booked for the next few weeks um in terms of like the things we're doing like i got extracurricular uh, responsibilities I'm with going my out club. Of state soon. Yeah, you're going out of state for a conference pretty soon. So there's um there's a lot on our plate right now, and we're just trying to pack in kind of as much as we can, but also like watch a bunch of movies that have been kind of on our radar for a little while. Like last week we watched Sick, that was on my radar. This one, uh, and and if you don't know what we're watching this week, this week is 2022's The Invitation. Which is a movie I wanted to see. That Yeah, that's been on your list for a little while now, so we finally got an opportunity to watch that. Now, I don't know what we're going to do next, but 
there, I know there the are, menu. There are well, yeah. I, I don't know if I would classify that necessarily as horror. I, we could. It's a subgenre. I guess it's a subgenre. There's a couple movies that are on my list. I I I really want to watch Pearl at some point in the future because I've heard nothing but fantastic. I had things. an ad for that movie on my um uh twitter they're listening they're listening to us talk about mia goth and how she got snubbed at the oscars potentially i didn't see the movie but twitter was up in arms about horror getting snubbed Uh, horror always gets snubbed i don't think i had this conversation with my mom because my mom is like not a big horror movie fan and we were talking about the oscar nominees that came out And she was saying, you know, I got to catch up on the movies. I haven't really seen them. Yeah, you know, I haven't really seen them either. And basically, I I I was telling her how there was this conversation about horror being, like, not taken seriously at the Oscars. And she's like, oh, I don't think they should take it seriously. I said, why? And she goes, well, horror is kind of like, um, it's like like low-brow, you know? Um, She has a very, like, low opinion of horror movies because she's not, like connoisseurs such as we are i would say that is absolutely not true. no and i was telling her i'm like no horror horror is not the same as it was in the 70s and 80s where it was like blood boobs and uh you know gratuitous violence it's it's a lot more about theme i think horror is no is no more lowbrow than like there are dramas that are lowbrow. Oh, sure. Yeah, like, there are dramas that take themselves way too seriously. And then they suffer for it. I think horror in like maybe the past 10 to 15 years has been really creative recently. And I think that accounts for something. You've had some great performances in some of these horror movies. Like you're going to tell me that Tony Collette in Hereditary is not worthy of an Oscar consideration. Um, you're going to tell me that Lupita Nyong'o in Us is not worthy of... I have to say, I I get ex- extre- I would be extremely frustrated if I'm like Jordan Peele and I put like my whole self into like this very complex, very highbrow like version of horror. And nope. And... In us i don't know nope like nope i thought should have gotten it was some nominations so good mm-hmm. i'm like you're not gonna tell me that doesn't even get best visual effects but they Nom. like i know oh like my the, des- goodness. the design of the alien is like amazing yeah, it's like super creative and one of the better creature designs that i think we've seen in the in a little while um I mean, if you're going to compare that, and we've been talking about like how good Smile is, but like the creature design in Smile, I don't think was that great. It gave uh, me like uh, Death Note vibes a little bit, like the Shinigami. Yeah. Oh, I did not get the Death Note vibes, but I got it was just, just like, like a tall, like creepy figure. Yeah, I don't know. It... It's a good creature design, but like, man, that the alien in Nope when it like f- actually reveals itself is really, really cool. And I just remember watching Nope in the theaters and pretty much being on the edge of my seat for the entire last act of the movie. And that's what you want. And it is it does have horror elements too. I think it is more in line of like spectacle, like Jaws. This is like, and this is in the Nope podcast, but. Nope is more, I think, Jordan Peele's take on Spielberg-esque 
spectacle. And it was a little less horror than he's done in the past, but still had a lot of horror elements to it in a lot of different ways. I think that got snubbed. I haven't seen Pearl, but I've heard nothing but great things about Mia Goth's performance. So maybe she got snubbed. Um, I even thought Mia Goth in X was like really good, but that's not the type of movie that the Oscars really consider. You know what I mean? But yet, I don't know. It seems like they nominate the same stuff over and over again. Not that it's not deserving, like everything everywhere all at once is like phenomenal. That's like the only like thing that's been nominated where it's like this is new. This is fresh. Mm-hmm. This is something that we've not seen. Whereas like I feel like some of the other stuff it's like we've seen this. I just think like the Oscars really have to start taking horror seriously. It's very rare that you get a horror movie that is like worthy of that prestige of an Oscar nomination, but I got to think that every year we get at least one. We get at least one or two that deserve to be up there. Um, if it's not Nope, it's Pearl. If it's not Pearl, it's something else. You know, I think I just think we've seen a lot of good horror this year. And it's disappointing to me when we don't really get to see it, get the recognition that it deserves. And I think Mia Goth said something about... Um, like she was interviewed about it and she gave a statement that was like the Academy really needs to like take a look at itself and start considering other things that are out there instead of like the same bunch of movies. But then it's like the, once you understand the voting process of the Academy, who's on the Academy, who votes for the movies on the Academy, it's like, this is almost like a corrupt bargain. You know, I, I don't necessarily think it's the most kosher um, fair process in the world. I think when you like, as much as I hate to say, because you know, like there needs to be. There's award shows are great. I like award shows where people vote. Like people are the ones who, like, are the ones who make the decision. From my understanding about the Academy, it's the people in the field that are invited to be in the Academy. So like if it's a best actor nomination, then you're going to get like people like you're going to get actors, like notable actors that are a part of the Academy. Or if it's cinematography, you're going to get cinematographers that are a part of that. And they get to watch all the movies that the studios finance the budget for to put it into consideration and make that Oscar campaign. Not every movie gets to do that. Not every movie has our studio has the money to put up every movie. I think about like good indie movies that will never get there because like it costs like hundreds. It costs a lot of money and they have to, if you win an Oscar, you have to pay for your Oscar too. You have to pay for the trophy. Are you? You didn't know that? No, are you? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I feel like I read that somewhere. I've never won an Oscar, but even the Olympics gives you the medal. <laughs> I w- I feel like I heard you somewhere have to pay taxes on it, but like, you have to buy you have to pay for the trophy. That's ridiculous. Yeah, um, but it's the, like chump change to all these. The people, Nickelodeon, you know? the the little blimpies, you get those. <laughs> I don't think you have to pay for the blimpy. You have well, then you get slimed. That's like your payment. Not everyone gets slimed. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. 
it's there's I think there's a conversation to be had about horror's inclusion in these like top tier, very prestigious um, awards. And start giving these trophies away for free. What the? F- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We um, we're biased. I think we're biased. I thought Spider Man should have got nominated last year, but maybe I was like not not in the right mindset of movies last year. I was like, man, Spider Man's like one of the best movies I saw the whole year. And I don't know. Maybe there were others. I feel like I haven't caught up on the Oscar movies as much as I should have in the past couple of years. I think when I was younger, I was more into like watching all the Oscar noms because I felt like. <laughs> I watched the Oscar nominee. Now I'm like, that sounds like a boring ass movie. I don't want to watch that. The only movie that is really like tickling my fancy right now that I like really want to watch is, um, and I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly because I do not know how to pronounce it. The Banshees of Anishirin. I think that's how you pronounce it with Colin Farrell. Um, directed by the same dude that did um, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. And, was I like which three billboards? Was my favorite movie of that year that got it got nominated. Thought it should have won. What won that that year? That was twenty. <sighs> I don't know. Whatever was year... that one? That wasn't the La La Land Moonlight mix up year. That was the year after. I think. I think it was our senior year. Maybe. I don't know. I just remember college. the one year where I had to watch The Shape of Water. And, was that the same year? And I watched The Shape oh, of Water. Now I'm gonna, I have to look this up. I watched The Shape of Water off a like a, a site where you go and you look oh, up no. movies. I'm moving. <laughs> you know how like our floor is yeah. a little slanted? Like my chair is like. It took me. You can see. Uh, <laughs> I forget how long The Shape moving. of Water is. But it took me like an extra like hour and a half to watch The Shape of Water because like it bu- was buffering. After every five minutes, it started buffering. That's why you don't pirate movies, Brie. Um, I wasn't going to go uh, to the movie theater by myself. We were, um, this is when we lived separately. <laughs> and you no, were that, far yeah, away. That, se- that might have been the same year as Three Billboards. I got it. Because that was the year you were um, down south. That was the same year. And I was up north and we were doing long distance. So that year, nominees for Best Picture included Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, The Post, The Phantom Thread, Lady Bird, Get Out, Dunkirk, The Darkest Hour, Call Me By Your Name, and The Shape of Water. And The Shape of Water once. I still have not seen The Shape, the Shape of Water. Water. Did you like it? It's the dumbest oh, no. movie I've ever seen. Why? It's just she falls in love with a fish. But he's man too, right? No, he's mostly fish. <laughs> it's like the Loch Ness Monster. Not the Loch Ness Monster. The creature from the Black Lagoon. I mean, essentially. Um, what does he look like? Crazy. But he's like a, a man, correct? I mean, I think. I forget. You've, I've watched it so long ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't see it. What did I see that year? I saw... Um, no, I'd refuse to see Dunkirk because I I don't mesh well with Christopher Nolan. Um, That's that one Harry Styles was in. Yeah, yeah. Um, I saw Get Out. I saw Lady Bird. I saw The Phantom Thread. I saw I The did. Post, and I saw Three Billboards. I did not see The Post or Phantom Thread. The Post was okay. Um, Phantom Thread you wouldn't like. I'm sorry, my ear is really itchy, and I'm like scratching it. Mm-hmm. 
I'm making weird noises. Sorry, guys. No, nah, it's okay. I was like, when my ear is itchy, I cannot think about anything else but that fact that my ear is itchy. I think as we're into Oscar season, we get a little bit pretentious about I mean, movies. Get Out was on there, and that's like kind of horror. Get Out is considered horror. I would yeah. say it's one of the very few horror movies to get recognition by the Academy. That with like The Exorcist was nominated for Best Picture. Um, but then you get like movies that I don't know should have been nominated for Best Picture, you know? Um, I don't necessarily think like, I'm trying to think of one that I was just like, I can't believe this got nominated for Best Picture. I can't believe it won Best Picture. Listen, maybe unpopular opinion. I was not a fan of Green Book. I didn't see it. Yeah, I know it won Best Picture. Was not a fan of Green Book. I don't. I didn't see it at I all. I thought it was um, very like Oscar bait. You know what I mean? Where it's like this is a movie that pretty much is designed straight to win an Oscar. And I feel like you need movies that are super intuitive and creative and like hit the right notes but are there for the right reasons. Not that Green Book isn't, and I don't know what the like motivation was, but it just seemed like this is Oscar bait. This is a movie that was designed for the Oscars. It, might, it may well have been. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like... And I remember everybody was like super surprised when it won. I They usually give us a surprise winner for Best Picture. It's usually not the one you think is going to win. Which makes me sad because everything everywhere all at once should win this year. And I'm going to bet, um, but if everything, everywhere, the way people are talking about it, Banshees is going to win. And if I'm going to, if I'm, it, if I'm a betting woman, I would, I'm going to say that everything, everywhere, all at once is going to sweep like every other award, like best actor, best mm-hmm. actress, best supporting, but they're not going to get best picture. That's usually how it goes, though, is like there's one movie and that sweeps to, all and of to it. Me, that, and they usually separate best director and best picture. And I would like to say, if that's why the, the Oscars is bogus. Because, Oscars is bogus for a lot because of Because if something gets best actor, best actress, best supporting actress, best picture, like best director, how is it not the best picture? I just don't know like what goes into constant what constitutes best pictures overall everything but if there's one i I get what you're saying it's like if there's one movie that's sweeping all of the awards it's like aren't you then the best picture because <laughs> isn't that what happened with green book green book like didn't win all that much it like didn't win any some like something three billboards won um right like no i think the post might have won a lot i can't remember that one, no 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 not not that that's a different that's a different year Green Book was in a different year. I was like, something won. Like, but like Shape of Water wasn't winning a lot, I don't think. And I, I think don't, I think the Post was winning most. I don't awards. think I, that was Oscars when that was 2018, I believe. Because I know Get Out won a screenplay nomination that year. Because was and I think the next year was Green Book. That if I'm like not Best Picture was the Shape of Water. Yes. Best actor was from Darkest Hour. Francis McDormand was won. from Three Billboards. Best director. Oh, best Shape of Water. That's the year Guillermo del Toro won Best Director for The Shape of Water, and The Shape of Water won Best Picture. 
I don't know why we're focusing on this year. I know so much. there's been there's been so many other years. Let me do 2019. Yeah, please. 2019. Ugh, that's when uh, Rami uh, Malek <laughs> won for Bohemian Rhapsody. Literally, a movie I refuse to watch. Oh, I watched. I thought it was okay. But best actress, the favorite, best actor, Bohemian Rhapsody. Green Book won that year, right? Yes. Yeah. This was one. And then Alfonso Cuaron won for Roma and Best Director. I watched Roma. I couldn't do it. I I watched Roma. I thought Roma was good in the way that it shows like a realistic, like it's hard to explain the, the racism and classism that goes on in Mexico based on face shape and skin color mm-hmm. where Roma like did that so well it's like who the indigenous Mexican people yes versus yes. like people who came to Mexico and colonized Mexico and those are people are also Mexican mm-hmm. you know what I mean there are two distinct looks mm-hmm. of the people and two distinct different skin colors and it kind of addresses like classism and it's really good i should probably give it a second chance because i remember i couldn't get maybe i wasn't paying attention hard enough at the time or i was like distracted i watched Um, it by myself i what do you think about the conversation that there's the oscars place favorites towards like smaller scale movies and maybe they should give a little bit more recognition to movies that are like powerhouses at the box office i think the oscars picks movies that underperform on purpose yeah you think yeah Uh, uh, let's let's talk about what was the best movie you saw last year i've been i've been meditating on this for the past week i cannot name you because I, I, I haven't kept track of all the movies that I watched last year. Well, I'm doing that this I'm year. I'm like, now. I know movies that I have not kept up with movies I watched last year. Just like in just our in house. a straight calendar year from January 22 to December 22. But like. What was the best movie I saw? I've, I, last I don't year, know. Everything Everywhere maybe would take it for me. I thought Bullet Train was really good. Not the best thing I saw, but I'm like, when, like, a movie, like, oh, I guess, like, Wakanda Forever. Halloween Ends. Was really good. Halloween. (laughs) Get out of my face. (laughs) My, oh, my friend texted me, oh, Jamie Lee Curtis got nominated for an Oscar. I'm like, oh, hell yeah. He goes, for Halloween Ends. I'm like, get out of here. (laughs) He didn't. Deliberately joking with me. Got, she got nominated for when she had hot dog hands. Yeah. If, all I, if I knew that all I needed to do to get nominated for uh, Best Supporting Actor was have hot dog fingers, <laughs> <laughs> I would have done that sooner. It's a funny, like, universe, but... Yeah. It's really funny. Ooh, sorry for y'all. All right, Brie. You We're wanna, into it. You want to get into it? Yeah. So we watched The Invitation, and I'm sure... Anthony has done maybe a, just a teensy weensy bit of 
research about the invitation this was a movie i, I wanted did. to see I because i saw vampire i said that's a vampire movie we have to see it um didn't know at the time it was pg-13 and we know how i feel about pg-13 we talked about PG this on 13, the Megan yeah. podcast. Well, talk, we I don't talk, necessarily think that that means that a horror movie is bad. I don't think it's movie a bad movie. I think you're limited in how scary it can be when you are at the PG-13. You can't show some of the horror elements that are essential for a good scare when you're trapped beneath this PG-13 rating. So, so you think that... We we talked about how Megan a movie was kind of think... shackled by the third PG thirteen rating when, it, and Megan was good, but it could have been I think better sh- had they they can't show had you they the shown deaths. more they can't show you the people dying. So like getting... do you do you think that this was a similar symptom of like you're shackled by this rating system in which you can't really go as far as you want to go with horror if this movie was rated r and went balls to the walls like i know it could have gone like this would have been a terrifying movie because i was thinking uh, this along with megan and like pg-13 horror movies that have come out that work you know insidious i think works um but insidious is not a movie that relies on like a like a slasher element. Yes. Like a blood and gore element. This is a literal movie about vampires. <laughs> and there was almost like no no blood. Um, what uh, Drag Me to Hell. Do you remember when we watched that and you said it was so gross? That was P- the Sam Raimi's Drag Me to Hell. That was a PG-13 movie. It did not feel like a PG-13 movie, though, because the characters are vomiting on one another and there's so much gross like bile and... But if create, a movie that doesn't constitute, I, I guess you can get away with that in a PG thirteen movie, but you can't get away with all like the stabbing, blood and guts. Blood and, guts. and if you are, if you're doing vampires, it's so hard to be scary when you can't do blood and guts. Mm-hmm. So it was not as scary as it could have been. I'm trying to word what I want to say deliberately and, and clearly. Twilight vampires what do you think love it not supposed to be scary do you think twilight has elements of horror or do you think that's just straight up a romantic drama it has elements of horror or maybe comedy it has like if that's your perspective there are like tense moments and like moments where there is blood like i i think when she gets hunted by james and she get like gets like Cut all cut up. She gets all stabbed and cut up <laughs> from like the mirror breaking. Like that's uh gross. But I'm like, and there's elements of like her being stalked and like more with the like in later books. I think the books are like more tense and like scary. Quote unquote, yeah. I just think. Than the movie. I don't think a PG-13 rating for a horror movie is a, a death sentence to the horror movie. I think that the, you just have to play it if well. If the horror movie is de- dependent on, like, blood... Could you have... Could Halloween have been the first 1978 Halloween? Do you think that that could have been a PG-13 movie if they cut out, you know, the, one, the two scenes of boobs? Yes. I think so, too. But that is... 
a scary movie because they knew how to make a scary movie. Yes. And that's what I'm trying to get at is I think that you can do a, a low, not a low stakes, but a low um, violence and a low content a violent content oriented horror movie without an R rating. And you can still make it good as long as you're creative behind the sticks, as long as you know what you're doing and you know how to like make a horror movie. Do you, th- so let me just get into the yes. background before we go any further. Get into the background. All right. So the invitation is a 2022 horror film directed by Jessica M. Thompson, written by Blair Butler Film stars Natalie Emanuel and Thomas Doherty. Um, the film involves a young woman who, following her mother's death, meets a long-lost family member for the first time, only to discover the dark secrets that the family carries with them. What did you think overall? I like the movie. I felt like it could have been more. Like, mm-hmm. if it could have been more. Like, I wish... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> here she goes i know i wish they spent less time like building and more like time on the vampire element dude they spent so much time building towards the the reveal but i I, wish we had more vampire yes well okay so let's get down or i wish you remember when we first saw the trailer for this movie in the trailer it wasn't Vamp- like they didn't show us vampires. That's what I was. I was thinking the exact same thing. It would have the payoff would have been better mm-hmm. if we had no idea it was vampires. We saw the trailer for this movie for the first time at some point in 2022 before the movie came out, and I remember watching it. And at first, I didn't catch on to the vampire. I stuff. told him vampires. I thought it was cults, and I said, "Oh no, it's vampires." And then I had to watch the trailer again, and then I started okay it's it's totally vampires but i was like i now i wish i never like they gave away the whole last act of the movie in the trailers and they told us hey it's vampires and it would have been a scarier movie if we didn't know it was but that's but how do you sell people into this movie without saying vampires you know what i mean like how do you get how do you get butts and seats make a better trailer but you don't have a good enough movie to and i'm sorry for being blunt about that but you don't have a good enough movie to make a better trailer because 90 or 75 percent of the movie is build up to the vampires (laughs) so it's like what a but you're basically you basically have a trailer for bridgerton or like downton abbey or some stuff like that i i find it really difficult the way that this movie is structured to market it without revealing it's what what the whole thing is all about um if they i think you maybe could have left it ambiguous in the trailers by saying like passing it off as is it vampires is it cults because i was confused at first when i saw the trailer and i thought it was cults they gave us the teeth i know yeah that was the thing is like you gave us the teeth and (sighs) I just think that they, I agree with you. They spent the first two acts of the movie building, 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 but also really not saying much in that build. And we have spent a lot of time in this podcast between when we started the rebrand and we, we started off with X to right now talking about how you can have a slow horror movie. You can have a movie that 
um, takes a while to get to where it needs to be, but you have to do a good job in the time that you're using, right? Like you have to build up the development of our characters so that you can get to that point. Halloween in itself is a slow build to the final 15 minutes of the movie but the tone that's that's the thing the tone like you're scared from the very first moment because she's being followed and the tone it's like we're missing the tone we're missing like but and what we said like we're x does a good job at being slow and deliberate in its pacing is that you get to really understand some of these characters where in this movie I don't feel as though we really know Evie all that well. I I don't think that they use their time effectively to build up that character. Also, I think Evie's dumb. I think Evie's stupid, and we can talk about that in a minute. But I also think that you can't really spend a lot of time building up your characters because the whole movie is shrouded in a mystery, the whole movie shrouded in, well, what's the creepiness of it until you get to the last act where they reveal vampires. You can't say vampires in the beginning. You can't have that character development with Walt, for example, um, who ends up being Dracula, even though I don't know if they can say the name Dracula. I don't think this is a universal produced horror movie, so I'm not sure that they can say the name Dracula, hence why they didn't. Um but I, I just don't think this movie was paced very well. I think that when we got to the actual reveal of Dracula and vampires and when the world comes crashing down for Evie, that should have happened about 30 minutes before it actually did. Because then they started jam-packing all of this like vampire stuff in, in the last 20 minutes of the movie when you you could have been easing us there. You know what I mean? Instead of, okay, I guess this movie is about vampires. Cool. Let's There's this like, also vampires that, um, I'm going to, I'm going to call this movie out on something. If you are a castle full of vampires, why the hell do you have, uh, uh, what I think it's what these, they get stabbed with an easel that just like has a stake, a vertical or a horizontal stake, just like sitting there <laughs> in the castle for any vampire to just get stabbed on. <laughs> this seems like a lot of particles. I know. It's like, what kind of vampire just has a stake lying around for you to just, I don't know, accidentally get impaled <laughs> like, on? I've been impaled. Probably get that taken care of. <laughs> That'd be the first thing to go if I was a vampire in a castle. It's like, well, better get rid of the steak so I don't I die. Mean, the, whole, the whole place would be made of um, fire retardant uh, things. Everything like would be bubble fire wrapped. But everything's bubble wrapped. <laughs> <laughs> There's no wood in the entire house. Yeah. At all. Everything's yeah. made of stone or metal. Yeah. No, listen, one of the other things I wanted to talk about here were the rules of the vampires. They could go out in the sun. That's what I thought. I was like, what the hell? This dude's going out in the sun. Like, wasn't, weren't they all just outside in the beginning of the movie when Evie gets to the castle and, like, Walt's just walking around outside? So I guess that that rule doesn't apply to vampires. But the stake through the heart does. Um, they didn't mess with garlic. Fire and, fire. De- fire and decapitation. And decapitation. So they, they tell us the rules later on, but... Like, they mention it very briefly, can only get killed by decapitation, stake through the heart, or fire. 
and I, I'm starting to get frustrated a little bit. I'm so rules oriented and like rules based that when movies about vampires just keep like changing the rules on us but i'm Anthony, like what the hell how do you kill a vampire i know shut up because i always use this you against you because they're not freaking real you can, you can kill a vampire any way you want because they're not real you can change the rules who cares it's all fake but you have to have some sort of consistency here like i think twilight really screwed that up for us because twilight was the one vampire piece of media that was like yeah, we're just going to change the rules. And I guess you can do that and like be accept acceptable. But I mean, we really could have given away that it was vampires in the first act of the movie if Walt just wasn't outside. Well, they're also in England and England is like... Not sunny. Not sunny. I guess. You know what move... You know what? I, I told you I was going to ask you about this when we started recording the podcast best vampire movie and don't steal my answer because you know what my answer is best vampire movie i'm gonna go with oh my god that's so hard best vampire movie you go first what we do in the shadows that's a good vampire movie Mm -hmm. best vampire movie best vampire movie i'm like blanking on vampire movies um i'll try to name some for you twilight it's good New Moon. <laughs> like the same. Eclipse. Um, vampire movies. I've seen like a Bram bunch. Stoker's Dracula. Vampire movies. Throw some out there for us. She's looking. Um, ones I've seen. We'll just start naming some, um, and then. Because dead air, you know. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I don't need to name anything. I'm just here. Um, Abraham Lincoln vampire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, what about called um, among the? I think well, thirty days of night. Thirty days of night is very good. Very good. Um, I was just about to say thirty days of night. Um, let me in. Oh, or let the right one in. Yeah. Uh, Hotel Transylvania. <laughs> uh, uh, Hotel Transylvania 3. Uh, Is that the one where he's on vacation? Yes. Oh, okay, cool. Freaks of Nature. Some movie called Vamps. No, I don't know that one. Um, Let the Wrong One In. Let the Wrong One In? Yeah. I know, Let the Vampire right one. Academy. Vampire Academy. Which I like, but... I wouldn't say that's a good movie. Gonna, it's a movie I like. So we're we're just gonna. Get, I would probably Thirty Days of Night. Okay, that's, that's probably fair. the best one. I thought you were just gonna settle with Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. I I'm gonna be honest. I've only seen bits and pieces of that movie. Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. I've never seen it. I've seen um Lincoln, that- <laughs> <laughs> but he I I okay. So Lincoln and Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter came out close together. Relatively the same time. And I rem- yeah. I was sitting in the theater because <laughs> we went, okay, it was like a school field trip, but it was after school. It was like a club field trip to go see Abraham, to go see Lincoln, right? And it was extra credit for, for um, U.S. history. So a bunch of us went. I'm sitting in the theater. I'm next to my friends. I'm a teenager. I'm obnoxious. Yep. 
I sit as down. you said when we did the unborn i sit down we're watching the movie and i'm like so when does he hunt the vampire <laughs> you've made similar <laughs> jokes in the past with me where we were watching planet earth one day and there's like penguins walking around and there's and a, that one breed of penguin that has like the yellow eyebrows yes and you said is that the one that surfs because of the movie surfs up and oh my god i had to shut it off after that i was like you can't we, continue we lost it it was <laughs> <laughs> just so much laughter after that happened he's like the things that come out of your mouth are ridiculous and i'm like i've been this way since i can remember like i try to do like my whole thing is like situational comedy and like it's all about timing mm-hmm. and i can be really funny if put in a situation where i could like i think of a joke organically sure i'm you can agree i'm funny Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I say some bonker shit. Okay, yeah. What's the craziest thing I've ever said? I don't know. The thing with the penguins really messed me <laughs> up. <laughs> uh, you know how I got, developed my comedy? How? Um, I watched a shit ton of SpongeBob. I know. So I was just talking to my students about that. Not to get too far off from the movie, but... I was just talking to my students about like um, some of my freshmen. I was like, what, what cartoons did you guys grow up with? And we were talking about it. And I was like, I was in the SpongeBob era. And they're like, SpongeBob sucks. I said, no. um, <laughs> you obviously have not watched SpongeBob. That was like my entire childhood. That and like Dragon Ball Z. SpongeBob's hilarious. Early SpongeBob is hilarious. Yes. Like not the episodes coming out now are kind of. I think I think every um cartoon once they get a movie they start falling down in quality of the show so like i think the simpsons when they got their movie like there's pre simpsons pre-movie and simpsons post-movie and post simpsons movie is not nearly as good as pre-simpsons movie because you attract more of an audience and now you're more under a microscope and you have to be careful what you the media you put out and, and that's why they SpongeBob took down was the same way the panty raid episode mm-hmm. because they were getting too much backlash over it and i'm like that's a freaking hilarious Sponge, spongebob oh, post, it now, Mr. Krabs. spongebob post first movie was not great i don't think quality wise or maybe i was just growing out of it at the time but i think like once cartoons get movies they start to dip in quality a bit which is cool that steven universe like pretty much ended on a movie. movie yeah don't try to bring it back just mm-hmm. it ended adios yeah all right brie why don't we get into it and then we can have a conversation about um some of these characters and our uh our discontent for some of the choices that these characters make as we go along okay so we get our main girl here and she is working for- oh no you you missed a whole prologue of the movie with um the the woman in the room that's locked in the room oh yeah i just you completely <laughs> forgot about the prologue there's a, okay movie. there's a woman locked in a room she's like it's gonna end with me and she goes and she uh, hangs herself we now know she like it was with a um piano string so you know like she got decapitated mm-hmm. um and then we opened up on our main girl yes now I told you from the get-go once we started this movie, I'm like, if this movie has, when it's like nighttime out, 
that weird blue, like dark blue hue that vampire movies always do, I'm gonna I'm gonna scream because like Twilight originated that with like the pale blue uh lighting that's in there they do that and during the day scenes too i think that's like the strangest artistic choice that twilight makes is like the town of forks washington is like blue but like okay so this movie does that it's a little bit more of a darker blue morbius does that morpheus dolphin so i okay that's another thing sony who produced this movie came out with two vampire movies this year. This was the better of them. The other one was Morbius. Um, but they said that this movie... Oh, God, I was reading the IMDb. It was something like... Um, I'm going to pull it up. I have it on my open tab. This movie has the same exact runtime as Sony's other vampire movie, Morbius. How weird is that? They released two vampire movies. Same studio releases two separate vampire movies. Both have the same exact runtime. Both have the same exact like color hue. And which in the one movie. brought in more money? I think this one brought in more money. Morbius uh, bombed in the box put, office. Put twice. Morbius in the box <laughs> office. We just we were all busy. So we I, need- love, I love that explanation. You everyone bullied. Sony into re-releasing Morbius and then it bombed for a second time. They said, put it back in. We were all busy that week. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, put it back in. Well, we promise this time. This time we're good. This time we're going to come. Anyway, I'm I'm a little like frustrated at the blue. I don't know why vampires are always associated with blue. 30 Days of Night does like a really good job at this because they don't do the blue. It's just nighttime. And I think and it makes, in Alaska. It makes it scarier because Alaska's dark. That is like if you really think about it, Thirty Days of Night is a really terrifying movie because there's no escape. Like, no. There is a part of like Alaska that sees like almost no daylight. Mm-hmm. At I'm all. vampire hunting. I was like, if know? I'm a vampire, I'm moving up. I'm moving to Alaska. I'm moving to Alaska. But then there's also times where it's never nighttime. And it's always day. Yeah. At that, well, then you migrate, you know. But where? <laughs> I'm a vampire. You, I don't know, somewhere, <laughs> or somewhere different. This time, I'm just going to chill in my basement, just being myself. But do you think, like, England is a prime place for vampires to live because it's so cloudy all the time? Yes. I would kind I th- of agree, I too. would think um, the majority of our vampires either live close to the Arctic Circle or in England. Or in New York, or Forks, Washington. I, I made a what we do in the shadows joke, like reference, not a joke really, but a reference. <laughs> and then it's probably a reference. You, yeah. I've always wanted to move to Washington State. I don't. It's I w- too cold. And, and Oregon. Those are like the two places I was like, I would like to live there. Only because I like places that are, um, have a lot of trees mm-hmm. and are more hilly and mountainy. Or we live in a pretty flat ass place. Yeah, the plains. Oh. All right, let's move. Let's move <laughs> forward <laughs> with the movie. Um, she's working for a catering company, and this is Evie. Evie, uh, she is a modern woman. Yes, and she's working for a catering company, and she's catering this like, um, well, the equivalent of like, uh, like an ancestry or a twenty three and Me ish, like DNA company. Mm-hmm. And in their like takeaway bags, her and her friend who are catering, they they 
got these bags and it's a DNA test. And uh, she had lost her, like she's lost both parents. We get this really weird. She has weird... no like, si- like siblings. Yeah. Well, we get this really weird montage of her doing clay art. And ceramics. Ceramics. And like with upbeat rock music and. And I said, it's it's kind of strange that you're making your protagonist like a like someone who does ceramics. Like she could have been as easily as a painter. She could have been a painter. Like something more common. It's like weird choices like this. I I know you want to give your character a little bit of like uh, originality, but. But her backstory of to why she does ceramics is just like my mom used to do it. Yeah, so she gets this weird montage with this like upbeat rock music playing, and this really kind of sad scene where she's like, "Oh, I'm really miss my mom, and like she's I miss like, my dad," because she's kind of like an orphan now. So she takes this DNA test, do and think, do you, I think because she's lonely, she's like she's dying for like some sort of so like the connection. Whole, the whole catalyst of this movie is that. It relies on her taking this DNA test so that the family can figure out that that she's a distant relative. Do you think the motivation for her to take that DNA test is like written well in this movie? Or do you think that they kind of shoehorned in the DNA test stuff? No, I think it makes sense for her character as like someone who has lost like every single member of their family. Mm -hmm. And now like you have no one. You're kind of like in this place in life where you're working a catering job because like your ceramics business or ceramics like passion hasn't really like gone anywhere. So I think it makes sense. Like if I had a DNA like test for free. I thought it was like, like not it. that I'm like poo pooing on the movie or anything, but I that's such a weird catalyst for your movie to have that like your entire movie is reliant on this character needs to find a way to take a DNA test. <laughs> and I don't know. I just feel like they maybe could have, um, they could have worked in something else to push it along. But our character, she takes this DNA test and we go through this, like she gets a match. She's talking to her friend and he wants to meet her and wants to meet up for like coffee and stuff. And her friend's like, you don't know this person. They're a stranger. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, you don't know this person, but they're not a, so much a stranger as a, your relative. I was like, you could still go and meet them in a public place, but like you shouldn't like go anywhere with like the relative. And she meets up with him. And what is crazy is like he invites her like to England to go so to a family reunion. He tell, and they he just tells her in this, her. He tells this wider story about how her great grandmother um, was unfaithful was unfaithful and she had an affair and um that that's pretty much where that lineage comes from now this guy oliver if that's his name right am i mistaken it might be um this white guy he's like a weird little guy <laughs> he, he's a strange little dude he's like a strange dude he's a little too eager um like he's excited He's like, very like, hyped like he about seems gu- gun ho. He seems genuine. He does uh, seem genuine. My criticism that I told you when we watched the movie is I feel like they should have made him more unnerving. But here's or the thing. unsettling. I was at this moment. He's like, I, I don't know. Like, I wouldn't go 
do this thing. And so I, he's like, come to this wedding with me in England mm-hmm. after I just met you like 25 and, minutes and we'll, ago. We'll pay for it. And I said, you know how, why this works? I said, because I would totally be into it. Okay. You want to take free trip to England? Awesome. Family reunion with people I've never met before? Great. I might like, who, like, why not? You know? Following no, off. No, see, this is where we differ <laughs> because I am not so much of a risk taker personally. So, me, I always look at what, what, could, what could possibly go wrong here. I always say, Am I going to get human trafficked? If I get murdered. <laughs> Will people find my body? Right. Like, uh, there's so much that can go wrong. You're going to a foreign country with a guy that you have no clue who he is, really, to an environment that you have no clue who he is or what it is. But she does all the right things. She takes pictures of the license plate. She's keeping in contact with her friend. I just think there's a really high possibility, especially when you're going to Europe like that, for you can get human traffic. Like, I saw Taken. He saw Taken. I saw Taken. It's very easy well, for a young woman like that go- to get She trafficked. goes. She goes um, mm-hmm. and she arrives in England. Her cousin picks her up from the airport. He's super excited still. And they go to like this like fancy mansion where like the reunions being like held. And he's like, that's the DeVille's property. We're just like staying the weekend. DeVille devil. <laughs> and we meet Walter DeVille. I wrote down ill <laughs> Walter. <laughs> yeah. Why do they give him that name? Like that's an old guy name. Walt. So weird. So um, they call him Walt. Um, and we get a, a cart, uh, like a big van of maids are coming for the weekend. This big van, a bunch of maids. And she gets into it. Evie gets into it with the butler because the butler, like, is racist, I guess. He's a jerk. He's a jerk. And um, she walter comes to her aid and he's so sweet and just really nice and she's shocked just to be there her room is so fancy everything's so fancy there's nothing nefarious yet she has a crush on walter she thinks he's cute um but i think i I, and i think this is the problem with the movie right now is that there is nothing unnerving yet there are there have been very little horror elements to this movie up to this point. We're about twenty minutes in. The only unnerving thing so far is the bars on the window. She asks about them, and the late her handmaid tells her there's these like birds that like go into. We get no explanation of these birds. I've I was thinking about that too. I'm like, do, like, do the birds have something to do with the vampires? What, what are they called? A shriek? I don't know. I didn't Comes listen. Like, these birds that like, like just like run into the windows. That's why they have these bars. On, that's the explanation. They but get. I, I do think like if you made the cousin Oliver, like his character, like it, there are subtle things that you can do that indicate to the audience that something nefarious is going on, or this dude is like super unsettling, even though he's coming off as genuine. So like, even like the position of the camera could have been different or like the, if they the would have like, if they would have lingered on him a little right, bit more a close up, mm-hmm. you know, even that, and, which is an indication like, that something's like off about this guy or he's a little too eager for this. And the audience is like immediately unsettled by the presence of this guy and immediately is put into a position where they're like, OK, this woman's in danger. Right now, we get no indication that this woman is in any kind of danger. So there really are no horror elements other than what we saw in the prologue of the movie. Yes. And then we get um, our character Evie goes for a jog. 
at night. And I said, that's ridiculous. Yeah, after they just told you about these birds that like are flying around. I'm like, why would she go for a jog? <laughs> and when she gets back from her jog, she starts having like a bad dream about the character from the prologue saying it's it ends with me. Um, there's creepy crap going on and there's oh. like somebody following her and they she, put like a hand on her no, shoulder. No, she gets up after her bad dream and she's like, I'm gonna go get a drink of water. And she's going around and she stops because she sees the maids lined up and the butler like talking to them and something is coming up behind her. It's cloaked all in black and has like long creepy hands that almost touch her. And then a maid has to go in the library or something. They tell the butler guy tells all the maids, you know, you're in charge of cleaning some rooms and... He sends one maid over to the library to clean up and dead maid eventually, right? Yeah, I'm in the does. same, I'm in the right spot. Yeah, she dies. Chronologically. Yeah. And he starts chanting in weird <laughs> Latin. Um, <laughs> chanting in a foreign language, just creepy. Um, in the, in the library, there's uh, candles um, lit and they keep getting blown out. There's a record player. Um, and it starts skipping and then the, the maid looks up and there's like a creepy figure on the ceiling. So, um, but okay. Yeah. So I thought, I said I would be creeped out. Like this, that's a scary moment in the movie. Maybe one of the only horror elements that the movie has. And I don't know, maybe I'm being too critical. I just think it's executed in a really lazy way. Um, yeah, I don't really know how to explain it as, as better than that. I just felt like we've seen so many really good horror movies that have done really creative things. And it's like now there's a standard for that, I feel like. And when a movie doesn't hit that standard or isn't near a standard like that where you can tell that there's there's heart and there's creativity put in the movie and there's passion for it, it it's really tough to be like, mm, this is good. Yeah. I would agree. Um, so then I, I just wrote I'd be cre- creeped out. And then I said, I wrote down maid conundrum. <laughs> well, that comes into play a little bit later, the maid conundrum. And we'll get to that because that's a big question that we, it goes both had. On, that we both had for this movie. But that's like that. That's the next thing I wrote down. So I have no idea what comes <laughs> Oh, uh, oh! You didn't write down anything after that. Okay, <laughs> no. I guess I'm taking over. No, I wrote down maid conundrum, and then I talk about the maids of honor. I didn't write what okay, came before no, yeah, that. You're good. No, that's it. That's that's what happened. So, oh, so the maid is cleaning the library. I wrote maid has to clean the library. Attacked by something on the ceiling. More dead maids. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think there's that scene where they have to go in the cellar for the wine, or does that come later? I'm not even sure. No, that. That's now. That's now. They sends two maids to the cellar to get wine, and then they're attacked, and one of them gets dragged away. And um, I was like, there's more dead maids. And then we had the maid conundrum, which I guess we can talk about now. I said, the maid conundrum is, I'm the maid company. Where I'm are provi- my maids going? I'm providing busfuls <laughs> of maids, and my maids are disappearing. Also, between this and this and the wine in the cellar thing, we have Walt and Evie's romance blooming. 
They hate the flirting. They're flirting. You know, they're hanging being out. Charming. They're hanging out more. She has a bad dream. She thinks she has a bad dream, and it's like a scary thing on her. Like, um. Well, oh, hang on. So, can we backtrack for yeah, a second? Yeah. Well, here? there's like a ball, right? They're like throwing like the get it's together. It's like a shower, like a wedding rehearsal, like a wedding, almost. like shower rehearsal thing. But like the bride and groom aren't there, and it's like a party. And he, Walt buys her this dress, and she puts on this dress, and she looks beautiful. And they dance together, and then we meet the maids of honor, Lucy Vi- and Victoria. Lucy and Victoria, who are just like well, Lucy's like this charming, bubbly blonde. And Victoria's kind of like this standoffish lady. Mm-hmm. And they, Victoria gives us bad vibes, but not, Lucy does not. Victoria doesn't seem friendly or friendly, warm or accepting of Evie. And if we didn't know that this was a vampire movie, you would think why, right? <laughs> like is she just an a hole? Um, but no, it's it's for purposes. And then we we we'll, that talk. We'll get to. Then we get to know that there are three families here, not just Evie's family. Victoria's family and Lucy's family. It's the three families that all serve the DeVilles. That's what's established this night. Right. That there are actually three families here. And they all... But then they keep making reference... Like Victoria will make references to the cousin, Oliver, where... They're like, oh, I thought you guys were all dried up or something. I thought you all... There hasn't been a girl in your family. There hasn't been a girl in your family for a while. So I guess like the point I'm trying to make with all of this is we're spending a lot of time building lore. We're spending a lot of time getting to know the world, getting to know the families. But we're not doing a lot with that information or we're not doing a lot to set up Evie as a a believable protagonist. And I've... I brought this up to you after we watched the movie. I'm like, I kind of think this maybe would have worked better as like a six episode Netflix miniseries or something like an hour. Every episode's an hour long. That way you can kind of put more detail into the background history or you can put more detail into the lore of these three families and um, the mythology that's being set up here instead of cramming it all into the first two acts of the movie and then not actually getting into the meat and potatoes of why the people are there to see the movie until the last 20 minutes. I agree. And during this, uh, they steal away Walt and her and they, you know, just like have their own little like moment. And then she's going back into her room and there's like a, what she believes is like a scary creature. No, like there's a hundred percent a creature. There is. She sees the creature. Yeah, She sees a creature, but like she's gaslit into thinking she like, she was just having a bad dream. Well, so Walt comes into the room and to like console her and he's already in there while she's under the bed. And I told Brie while we were watching it, I was like, I would ask where the hell did you come from? Why are you here right now? I thought she did knock down like, a lamp so that might have been he heard the lamp and came in she's scared he offers to you know like lay with her until she is better she wakes up the next morning with a little note from him and then the maids of honor come in and they're like we have a full day of like stuff to do we're going to the spa we're going to the spa they go to the spa this is probably the scariest for me part of it because it's it, it's tense it's the because same. they're they're filing and chopping nails and it's so 
like unnerving. They're having a really tense conversation as this is happening too. So as the conversation bumps up in intensity, the nails, the nail, like we get more focus on the nails. So it's one of those situations. Like remember when we watched X and it's like, they show the nail on the, 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 the ground building towards it. Like, you know, she's going to get nicked. Exactly. Now it's like, when am I going to get nicked? And, um, I think that was a really effective scene in the movie. I really like that. Um, I thought that is like a really cool use of like playing with the audience a mm-hmm. little bit more. And maybe this was the only like clear, um, the clear use of a horror element until we get to the last act. Yeah. And after like she gets nicked, Victoria puts like her finger in her mouth and Evie's like, what is wrong with you? Like, oh, yeah, she licks the blood. Yeah, she's very disturbed by that. And then we get um, her and Walter, and they did the do. They did the deed. Yes. They had the sex. Mm-hmm. And I said, she just met this guy. I don't blame her, though. He's charming. But so I told you, and when his hair is uncoiffed, I said, I said, oh look, hot. it's like a handsome British guy, and you said I wouldn't even say handsome. That's what you said at the beginning of this movie. You're I like, know. handsome's a stretch. I, I he's and a I was normal. Like, you don't think he's, he's a normal looking guy when he's, his hair is not coiffed. He's more attractive. But I think that's a that's just a me preference. I don't like well kept hair. I don't like the look of like that you styled it. That that they styled his hair? Yeah, I don't like the look of styled hair. Like, just let the hair be hair. I mean, that's just a me thing. That might be... I see, I'm a little bit different, like, with my hair. No, I, An- I, Anthony I has a particular... Like... Anthony has told me there's a particular way he likes my hair. Your hair? Yes. And you how said, is that? You said, I prefer it, cur- like, curled and long. Okay. Do you do you deny having said that? So, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, because you were considering like at one point, like just going like real short, like how I like I like a, a, above your ears and like above your collar type short, and I was like, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> but you've also said that you just really like you don't even like it. Like to my shoulders, you like it long. Mm-hmm. That's just his preferred look. I don't mean I don't consult him when I, I go. I don't want to say too much. I don't consult him when <laughs> I get my hair done. I have come home with short hair and hair done. I don't want to say too much, lest I sound like, uh, oh, it's just some like heteros, some heterosexual guy, just like uh, telling telling women how to be women. I and prefer your hair shorter. Thank you. Okay. But I, I didn't say jack shit when it was long. But once I missed he, my long But hair. once he cut it, I was like, oh, thank Jesus. I miss it. I miss it. It was and, like a blanket. And his mom was like, you like it better shorter. I was like, absolutely. Absolutely, I do. Now. But if he grew it out long, I'd be like, you're the most handsome man in the world. Mm-hmm. Because I, I don't think I have the right to tell somebody how they want to express their self Mm -hmm. like you you would not like it if i cut my hair that short there's nothing you could do about it if i did deal breaker (laughs) brie no it's not (laughs) no it's not because what if i got sick and lost my hair well that's a different story that's not really voluntary don't be a poob yeah anyway 
after they do the do, then they have this like fancy meal. And she's dressed up in like she what she believes to be like the rehearsal dinner. You know? Yup. And the guy Walt gives like a speech about the three oh, great she finds families. Oh, back- he background checked at her. Yeah. Oh, checked the, it. <laughs> that, but that's before they have yes. sex. They get into an argument and Walt comes up with some explanation of like, you can't I don't even know who you are. Like, I have to background check you if you're living in my castle. I have to like make sure you're Which not Which I think crazy. he's 100% in the right for that. I do. Yeah. Because uh-huh. I don't. Even if it is the family member of a family that I'm like have invited to my castle, I you know, don't know, you don't know I know that person. family. I don't know anything about this person, so of course I'm going to run a background check just to make sure it's all kosher. Yeah, I think that's very fair. I think a lot of the stuff that Walt does in this movie is actually pretty fair, um, but we can get into that later. Anyway, and then like it's these three, the sacred three families and everything, and uh. He's like, he announces that Evie is going to be his bride. Yes, we get the reveal finally. She's like, what the fuck are you talking about, Walt? That was a joke. And then we get um, the slitting of the maid's throat, but we don't get to see it. This is the fourth maid that's died. Yes. BTW. They, They put the knife over her throat and then the camera goes blurry. We don't get to see it. And they use the blood and they pour it into glasses. And then we see Lucy's a vampire, Victoria's a vampire, and of course, Walt is a vampire. Is the butler a vampire? No. You don't think so? But he was able to like fight her off. That's okay. So yeah, that's we, the can, only we can get into th- but that. But is he like the Renfield character? That's what I was Where, kind like, of thinking. He has maybe the, the familiar. He has like the strength. That's but what they call not- it, right? The vampires have a familiar. Yes. Like a human that serves them. Um Yes, so different than if you're a I witch get, and have a familiar. I, I want to get in, into that that conversation when we get into the climax of the movie. But there's a major question that I have, and I think a major plot hole in this movie that I figured well, out. Well, anyway, he he's, like they drink this blood. She's freaking out. She's like, I but but what's wrong with you people? PG PG thirteen dictates. Well, you can't really show somebody getting their neck slit in a gruesome way so it's blurred out it's just, like she's in a haze it's just like not like effective yes i think the movie was shackled a lot by the pg-13 rating here in particular like in this last 20-ish minutes of the movie where it's similar to what i said about megan and maybe this is just preference or taste and and maybe not everybody feels this way about these movies but i do feel like they could have gone balls to the wall a little bit. Yeah. Like you could have gone crazier. I think that this movie, um, even the faces as they turn into vampires could have been scarier. I, but even, do you think this movie maybe would have worked a little bit better had it taken itself less seriously? So, you know how like Megan immediately starts with that Furby type commercial where it's like, Oh, your dog died. Have a Furby. And it, it immediately establishes itself as, tonally we're not going to take ourselves too seriously i don't know do you think it would have worked better as like a horror comedy or like a horror with a little bit more comedic elements to it maybe but i also don't know if there was anything about this movie that was particularly funny or something here's my biggest problem with this movie Mm -hmm. i would have been into it 
Okay, yeah. So she starts freaking out. Like, I don't. What's the matter with you? I gotta escape. Blah blah blah. She has. They bring her down to the dungeon, and she has this conversation with Lucy and Victoria, and they're trying to convince her, like, you get immortality, you get eternal life, you'll have the strength of a thousand men. Uh, you know, you get. The thing that gets me, it's you're attracted to the man, right? You're attracted to him, like you, like you liked him as a person before. You get eternal life. You get to pursue all your like wants and hobbies. You have unlimited wealth. Like not, there are no downsides except for killing people. And I talked about I would just talk to Walt because up until the moment you denied and like were Walt is a very reasonable man. And you tried to like. escape him. I was like, I would make a deal. Hey, can we eat like bad people? Like I only want like, to drink go, the blood. Go, go of, get me like a pedophile or like, something. Yeah, and, like, I only <laughs> want to drink the blood of like bad people. Yeah, go get me a serial killer. I just thought like, like, can we can we work out a deal with like a prison? I was like, I just think it's like silly. a high security. I just think it's silly. I would have I would have accepted it. I thought so. They're out here killing maids like constantly. That begs the question: If I'm the maid company, where are all my maids going? This is a horrible. Unless plan the maid to company is in like, on it. In on it. Maybe it seemed like a lot of people were in on it, but if I'm the maid company and I'm not in on it, I'm saying, where are my maids? Now, this seems like a really horrible deal if that's the case, because you're opening yourself up to a lot of questions like where are all these maids going? But if you, I don't know, work with a maximum security prison for like inmates that have done horrible life, you know, altering crimes, then who cares? Maybe those people, it's justifiable that you get to feed on them instead of just like an innocent maid. I don't know. And um, and it's like people that are like sentenced to death. Yeah. Like that's your death. You got to go to the castle and then all the vampires feed on you. And then I thought about, well, how, how often are they feeding? Are they feeding on like, like one girl, person a month? It seems like the girls are feeding a lot. But I'm just saying, they, like, why can't we like, have the leftovers? Ones, the girls are the ones in the library. The girls are the ones in the cellar. That's two maids. Four, no, three maids. Four maids die total, I think, in this. Five maids. Five maids die total. Now, I'm wondering how oh, often they feed four. because it's like when we get into, they say it's like an ice house. Uh, Walt says this place is like an ice house. It's locked. It's You don't want to go in there. But when she goes in there, it's the butler like chopping up the bodies and like draining the blood and everything. And it's like, honestly, a human person has so much blood in them that it's like, how long can can we put some in the fridge? Like, <laughs> is it like, can we have leftovers? Like, do we have to do we have to use the whole thing right away? So once she's in the cellar, um, she escapes with the help of her handmaid. The handmaid's like, yeah, I'm probably going to die. She's like. She tells her these are the ways you can kill him. But also stake through the like stake burning and he- decapitation. She's like there's stakes in like the candles. Blah blah I'm blah. Going, she runs away. I'm going back to this maid thing. I'm still on <laughs> this maid na- thing. It's I'm maid thinking conundrum. about it. I'm thinking about it and right now and I'm saying there are so there seems to be so many maids going missing in one period of time. They kill four or five maids just in the span of like one day. And I remember talking to you in this movie. I was like, what if they did like one person a month? Then you kill because then you can have leftovers and then you kill one person a month. 
12 people a year that's like nothing right <laughs> instead like of like nothing. five people a day it seems like that's a crazy amount well i also so once she escapes right mm-hmm. she goes into the that the ice like house and she sees all the people who've died she runs in, and they're chasing her it's a big chase and she runs into like the nearby town and the nearby town is in on it. There are people in the town that are yeah, in on it. Yeah, she goes to she these goes two to these old people, two Jonathan old pe- and Mina Harker, which I brought it up because I read Bram Stoker's Dracula in my youth. And I was like, Jonathan Harker is like the protagonist of Bram Stoker's Dracula. And then I found out upon research that this movie actually takes a lot from that that novel, that initial novel. There's a lot of like callbacks to that initial novel. Um, so the townspeople are in on it. Those two, um, they hit her in the head people. Yeah. And like, she wakes up and she's in his like study. And then she's like, who are you? And he kind of reveals like, I'm Dracula. He doesn't say Dracula, but he says son of the dragon. They called me son of the dragon, which is a nickname for Dracula. Dracula. Yeah. So we get like, that's a call to Dracula. Like this is Dracula. And the ending of this, it, it ends in her, you know, like they're going to get married. She gets to this marriage thing. She part- like she learns that she will drink his blood first and gain his power. But it only is solidified after he drinks her blood. So she drinks his blood and then she, she dis- drains this guy. And she- so he's exhausted. Yeah, he's like. He gives her Slow down. He gives her the wrist and then she just starts drinking it. At one point he looks at her and he's like, All right, all right that's enough. That's <laughs> and then she's on. like, I want that one next, pointing to the maid, which she just like releases the maid, and then she goes kind of crazy and she stabs him through the heart. She stabs him, she sets the place on fire, she starts causing a a chaotic moment here. Yeah, and this is where it's like anticlimactic because it happens like really quick, like in the span of like five minutes. Yes, this whole like, thing. The two, Vic- the two sister Lucy wives and fight. Victoria fight, and then Lucy pushes her into a stake, and they both the get painting, staked. the stake painting that I pointed out at the beginning, where it's like, why do you have that just lying around for people so just to get stabbed? They both with? like turned it dust and like die. I mean, so and then Evie does a fantastic job, and it seems very, very, very easy for her to just defeat this entire like she centuries de- long she system. Dracula <laughs> by he comes to her all old and gross because he was stabbed with a stake, and she just like kicks him into the fire. She like Sparta. This is Sparta. She cuts off him. his arm with the pottery. Like what they use to cut clay. She cuts mm-hmm. off his arm and then pushes him to the Oh, fire. and then there's one point where she's having a fight. Evie's having a fight with the butler. Like the butler's trying to stab her with something. And they're having this like this this fight where she's trying to hold him off. But he's like getting closer to her. And I said, well, didn't she has, they, didn't she they has just no problem her? killing people. Mm hmm. And so I was like, so she what was, was her whole hang up? I, I said, what are her morals? You know, she because she like kills people. She's like, I don't want to be a vampire because I don't want to drink these maids. And then she, she just like kills everybody in that castle and like causes them all to die and like stabs the butler. And like in the end, like Where we, are know, your morals, we know that she kills him because her powers go away. Well, also, didn't the sister wives like tell her? it's going to give you the strength of a thousand men and she couldn't hold off like one old butler. I know. Like what? what the hell is that all about? Well, anyway, 
after she kills him, we do like a skip forward of like. Oh, yeah. She tosses Dracula into the fire. Very easy for her to do this. Uh, centuries old traditions of like this guy living for like 900 years or whatever. Just defeated by like a random woman who just like walked into this super easy in a matter of like five minutes. Um, that was the first thing that I think went wrong. Um, second thing is we get a time skip at the end, like the epilogue of the movie. And she's following her back cousin. back in New York. Yeah, she's following her cousin. He's on the phone saying like they had to, they pulled a lot of strings to do this like cover up so that the police wouldn't like look at the three families, blah, blah, blah. And um, her and her friend are talking about like killing him. They have like a baseball bat. They're like following him into his apartment. They're like, we're going to make things right. And I was like, what are they going to do? Kill this guy? That's They're like, just like breaking into the people's vamp- The vampire now? is gone. Like there is no they vampire. They have no reason to try to follow you or try to like hurt you or anything. Like everything's done. Like just leave the, leave the guy alone right now. That's so insane to me. First, I, I got it. Let's break it down. The first insane thing is that she's not on board with the whole vampire right? stuff. I, I would be on board. I would be on board. I, if we are making a pros and cons list of being a vampire versus like the good of being a vampire versus the bad of being a vampire, eternal life has its pros and cons. But ultimately, like you said, you could spend all of that time like focusing on your art, being a better person, being a better person, giving back. Exactly. And Walt seems like a pretty reasonable dude. I'm sure if they asked him, instead of maids, can I drink like a serial killer? And he'd be like, fine. Yeah, great. Let's let Renfield take care of it or whatever. And I'm sure he'd be fine with that. Therefore, like, what you're doing is no longer morally bad. It's just ambiguous, at least. You get eternal life, you get strength, you get beauty, you get, you, get, money. you get money. She has no life going for her in New York. She has nothing going for nothing her. Nothing for her. Absolutely nothing. No family to go back to. Exactly. One friend. It's Okay, so I'm going to bring up a movie, and you're going to be mad at me of how, how I pronounce the name, Midsommar. And mid, in Midsommar, it's a movie, it's a breakup movie, essentially, but it's all about, it's a movie about family where Florence Pugh's character loses her parents in the beginning of the movie and is struggling to deal with that. But when she's brought to this midsummer festival with this group of people, they welcome her into this community and she accepts her role as the making and accepts her role into this family. This is the complete opposite in this movie where they are offering Evie family. They're offering her you know, and she's rejecting it, and she's actively rejecting it, and and he makes a good like this. These are these are two movies that deal with kind of the same ending, but in different ways. Where and it's she, like, where would we lie here? Would we accept the community? Yes. Or we, or do we disregard the community? I've even always, though the morals of each one are kind of ambiguous. I've always wanted to be a vampire. Anyway. And I then just it, think she's making a wrong ends, choice. It man. ends there, she's kind not of like just like they they're walking towards the apartment with the kill bat. This guy, like apparently, with the assumption that they're going to they're going to straight up murder this guy. And the friends like on board and immediately mm-hmm. believes her about the vampires, which is weird. It, it, crazy. And friends like yeah, let's just go murder this guy. <laughs> crazy, crazy ending. So that's the movie. But even if that's were, the invitation, even if you were a vampire, why don't you just bring your friend to England with you? 
Right? She's There's got her no one friend reason. in Europe. There's no reason. I this is the one thing I think I'm gonna the thing go I dislike I'm gonna go the most about to this being movie. a struggling she artist. Has no freaking reason to say no. I'm gonna she be, has absolutely that's no a, reason. That's ridiculous to me. I'm gonna go back to New York being a struggling artist and having to do catering where people grope me like every day. I'm struggling to I'm, live. I'm struggling to pay my rent. I was gonna I'm be lonely. rich. I was gonna be rich with a hot husband and sister wives. I wouldn't even have to spend a lot of time with this guy. Because the other two wives they, they they'll occupy his time but and and she caught walt and everyone that's working with these three families between a rock and a hard place because they're reliant on her right they can't if she revolts they can't kill her she's the last female of that family line therefore they lose their immortality so she has them in the palm of her hand ask walt if you could just like eat a murderer Right? What is he going to say? No? He needs you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that was the movie, The Invitation. I didn't... It wasn't like best I, picture. <laughs> do you, so I got to ask you a question. Yes. Do you think Walt is, even though he's Dracula and he's a vampire and he's done morally bad things, do you think he's an ultimately evil being? Um, He was like super like caring and nice to That's her. That's I thought too. I he thought had, like, Walt made all the right decisions upon being a vampire. And I mean, he was, he's just trying to live. Yeah. I, I think he could have done a better job at convince, if he maybe just like didn't trick Evie into yeah. the brideship and if they just like talked about it and they communicated. I would have been, he up, seems like a pretty good I would have been upfront from the very beginning. I, I, I know this is going to be like kind of unbelievable. And I want you to come in with this in an open mind. I am a vampire. <laughs> but here, and this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to tell you every good thing that comes with being a vampire. And we're going to be very calm and talk about this. And then we're going to get into the gory details of the bad. But here's the thing. You don't have to do, be a vampire the way I or my other wives are vampires. You can do this how you want to do it. As long as you do it. And whatever you need, I'm here to provide for you. I think if they had that conversation, Evie might have been a little bit more on board with it. But they like shoehorned her into this dinner and were like, oh, I guess you're a bride now. So any normal person would be like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. They dropped all this info on her at one time and it's a little overwhelming. But if they because like Walt is a charming dude and he seems nice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he seems reasonable. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. I just don't think he seemed like an evil person. I just think he was a vampire who wanted to stay alive. And then I, and then like, I argue. I, just made I, a bad choice. I have this argument where our vampires bad or like they just trying to survive. There are morally bad vampires in literature and media. Yes. But you're going to tell me like. <sighs> Some of those vampires in what we do in the shadows, like, aren't bad people, right? Like, they, they need like, to drink blood. What's, what's uh, <sighs> Nadia and oh, what we do in the shadows? I don't think she's a bad person, but she's a vampire. And vampires have to drink blood. Yeah. Like, that's not, like, that's how they survive. Are mm -hmm. they just beings trying to survive? Nan Nandor and what we do in the shadows was a bad person, he was a conqueror. But isn't it implied that he was like Ivan the Terrible? He, yeah, like very close to it or something like yeah. that, like a, an offshoot of Ivan the Terrible. Um, but I'm trying to think of like some stuff like this where it's 
I don't think vampires are morally bad beings or like evil beings. Some of them are. I also Dracula portrayed like this isn't. Does it follow the same logic of are zombies bad? No, because zombies don't have control over their actions. So like you can't fault as like zombies not a bad person because like zombie just on brain mode. Frankenstein's monster isn't a morally bad guy. He's just learning the world. He doesn't know good from bad. You know, somebody needs to teach him. Well, that's as much uh, like (laughs) much into the psyche as we'll get because we're here for the meat and potatoes. Sure. Anthony, I want to ask you, how scary is it? Dramatic. Pause. (laughs) I know what I gave it. 3.4. Oh my gosh! You want to know what I gave it? Hmm. A one point eight. Wow! You get I am higher than you. Yeah, I gave it a one point eight. I didn't think it was that On a scary. Scale? I was like, it was, no, okay. I guess I'm gonna reevaluate. I'm gonna was reevaluate based on yours. I'm gonna reevaluate. I'm gonna give it a two point three because it's going down if a point. I'm going back in my notes. I gave the unborn a point five, <laughs> and then I gave no. This was better than the unborn. It was better than the unborn, and I gave creep. Uh, uh, like I've given other like movies different scores. So if I gave Creep a 5.8, then this is nowhere near a three because it's not even nearly as no, you uh, disturbing. No, you are absolutely correct. I was not thinking of my scale properly because I did give Creep a three point or no, a 6.3 and I gave Sick a 5.8. So if um, I gave X a 5.5, and, I, and yeah, I gave the unborn a point five, and the creep a five point eight, and even I gave I forget what I gave Megan, but this is a one point eight. I am gonna say two point three on both scales for me. How scary is it, and how, how good, good is it? I thought it was it was better than it was scary. Out of the two Sony vampire movies that it was came the out better, this year, this was the better this one. This was the better Sony vampire movie. But it was not scary. The The only parts that were scary to me was when the library scene was disturbing and scary. Uh, there was parts of the cellar scene with the wine that was scary. The part with the nail trimming was unnerving. I think that, that bumps that one scene for me bumps this movie up. A little bit more than it would have if they didn't have that scene. So it's not that scary. It was it was okay of a movie. I, I, I mean, I would watch it again. I think I would. I watch, thought it was a very. I would watch this same movie if they just reworked like the plot a little bit. I think so. Here, in, I want a vampire a nutshell, movie that's t- what did like they do this. on Reddit? Like TL too long didn't read TLDR. Um, bugaboos about this movie are. It, the pacing. pacing i think that it is it's very very slow and it's slow for the wrong reasons tone is is uh, i think it takes itself a little too seriously i think it maybe would have worked a be- better if it was campy a little bit i think they were shackled with the pg-13 rating if they didn't have that that last act of the movie would have been fun and it would have um, been like if it wasn't even fun it, it would have <laughs> been terrifying yeah like, you could have made that ending terrifying um, because think about the you have two vampires who are like so effing mad at her it could have been terrifying um, I think pacing, rating, and tone were my big three here. It was just not it. It lacked 
some of those like good if, horror elements. It took elements. too long to get to the reveal. And, and if they would have gotten to the reveal maybe 20 minutes earlier, we maybe would have had a different story. Yeah. Here. Well, it was okay. Yeah, it was mid. I mean, I'm excited to see where we go next. I, I was reading online and it's interesting that I brought up Drag Me to Hell as well. Um, I was reading online that Sam Raimi and his production company were on board to produce this movie for a long time and then like kind of dropped out before the movie entered production. Um, so I'm wondering how different this movie would have been had the, there were, the there guy were, from the evil dead. There might've been, been a need involved. for a script rewrite. And yeah. maybe the, the reason he dropped out was because they were not willing to do a script rewrite. I think it was scheduling. The reason he gave was scheduling, but who knows that could be a, I'll oh, just say scheduling, you know? Yeah. Um, it could have been an entirely different movie with Sam Raimi's involvement, and it could have been um, maybe a little bit more effective of a PG-13 horror movie. But yeah, it, I think it's Sam, interesting. Sam Raimi knows how to do PG-13 scary. Mm-hmm. It, it would have been interesting. I agree. Um. Anyway, that has been The Invitation. We still are kind of awkward at this, at like the ending of this podcast. Well, we have the music now. Yeah, we have the music now. So what you're going to do is you are going to, um, f- you know, R- rate us rate five, us five stars, stars, stars everywhere you can get everywhere. your podcast. So Google, Spotify, Apple, all that stuff. Give us a good rating because we want to keep making these for you. I mean, we're going to still make them even if you don't. But we are we want... Um, we we put the work in to do the music. We'll say I generate zero revenue from this. This is all because we like movies. I know. We, do, we, we This is a hobby. We'd like to do more with it, but, you know, it's hobbying right now. Mm-hmm. But you can follow Anthony on Twitter. Uh, uh, at GLDTV1. And if you want to get a hold of me, um, take a DNA test, and we'll see if we're related. And then I need an invitation to your castle in Europe. So- Bree, uh, you just took a DNA test. Turns out you're 100%. That bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. We are still doing a revamp of our socials, so I'm not going to give those out because I really want You're wanna... in charge of this. I know. I have to like sit down and do it, but I have like not enough time. Yeah. So we're revamping our socials, so please keep up with us. And um, next week, I'm not sure what's gonna be on the agenda. it's all a surprise I, listen i'm gonna throw a movie out there that i've been kind of had my eye on for a little bit skinnamarink i'm gonna throw it out there okay if, if there are, our listeners don't know the movie it's very experimental it's gonna be very weird i don't know if Bree's gonna like it but i think i will so maybe maybe that's next maybe the menu i shoot, we'll have I to see know. but we've had fun and this has been How Scary Is It with me and this guy. Yep, that's me, this guy. <laughs> I'm Anthony. And I'm Bree. And this has been the How Scary Is It podcast. We will be back next week with a new episode. Come join us. Come rate us that five stars. And we will see you next week. See ya. See ya.